Hello and welcome back to the Movie Den. My name is Luke Taylor. I'm the multimedia editor at the Daily Eastern News. And I'm Adam Tamino, the sports editor. And this week we are doing a Pixar episode. There isn't a real reason for this. We just like these movies. Why not? You know, we can do whatever we want, you know? Exactly. It's our podcast. Yeah. So I'll let Adam introduce the first movie that we watched. The first one we picked might be my favorite Pixar movie. Uh, It's a actually a pretty tough call. There's There's so many good ones. So many good ones. But I love The Incredibles from 2004, the original one. I haven't seen the sequel yet, and I should probably do that. It's worthwhile. Um, I enjoyed it. It's probably good. The first one's definitely good. It is about a family with superpowers who have been forced to go underground because of lawsuits and sort of public backlash against superheroing in the world. It's like good superhero lore. Like, outside of it being a Pixar movie, it's like a good plot idea. Yeah, as a a kid, I liked it because it was a fun comedy action adventure kind of movie mm. and i haven't really seen it in several years and watching it again as an adult it's a pretty good parody yeah. of superhero stories uh, as, as as someone who's watched the boys as both of us are people yes. who, who like the amazon series the boys uh this isn't quite as uh subversive as right. that this is a children's um, movie <laughs> but it, it's got some funny little jokes and little uh the lawyer like you said is good all these superheroes living regular lives some of them can't resist superheroing from time to time and they have to be relocated by the government and it's just a fun little backstory all in the first like 10 minutes of the movie and then mr incredible the sort of patriarch of this family really wants to get back out there that's that's another thing we don't know what causes superhero powers oh but yeah they do seem to be like we just assume they exist. They exist, and yeah. that's everyone knows. And they're, like, genetic in some level. Yeah, apparently it is. Apparently their kids also generally get superpowers. And Mr. Incredible wants to be Mr. Incredible again. Of course he does. That's and an awesome he, name. He's recruited by this, like, mysterious woman who follows him around and recruits him to this Pacific island where he fights a robot. Her name is Mirage. Mirage is her is name. pretty good... It's a good name for mysterious woman. Yeah. And uh, it's a trap. You'll never guess, but it's a trap. That's, it's super shocking. You definitely don't see it coming. I would imagine a lot of people know <laughs> the plot of this movie at this I point. Would, I think so. With the uh, the villain is a young was a young boy who was a big fan of Mr. Incredible. And Mr. Incredible did not like having this boy follow him around. It was very mean to him. He definitely... It's weird because he's like pushing him away for the kid's safety. But then the kid is also like actually good at inventing stuff yeah. and he's super mean to him so you kind of you do kind of wonder where he's coming from but he's, he's like, I, the kid's like hey i made these boots i can fly can you fly and he's like fly home buddy yeah and he's like, it's like come <laughs> on listen to the kid build boots you can fly we'll give him a chance I, I don't think most people can build flying boots to be honest no uh, again it doesn't tell you how he invents things which is fine yeah. this movie just gives you stuff and you're like oh yeah of course yeah it's, it's superheroes I yeah understand it's how that fine works. It's got some good. It's got. Some, it's so good. It's fun. The characters are good. Uh, Mister Incredible, after being trapped on this island, uh, his family comes to rescue him, and they learn things about themselves as a family, and they learn and they grow, and they, they also kill all, like a surprising number of people. 
Yeah, the death <laughs> count for this movie is weirdly high. Probably like in the like the couple dozen at least. Yeah, maybe more. People just uh, yeah. There's a whole montage of superheroes with capes dying horrible deaths, getting There's sucked a, into jet engines. Two whole, people get sucked into jet engines in this movie. That's kind of gruesome. Yeah, separately. You don't see it, of course. That would be very There's upsetting. a whole list of superheroes that have lost to the villains, like robot things. Oh, a lot of off-screen deaths as well. Yeah. More than just There's the... a lot uh, of mentioned stuff. I guess when you look at Pixar movie death counts, Finding Nemo might have more, if you count yeah. each egg in the beginning. Yeah, that's pretty high volume. But uh, this is up there. These ones are a little bit more detailed. There's like explosions. You don't see anything ever, but you think about it a little too hard and you're like, oh. You're like, that must be an unpleasant way to die. Yeah. Yeah. They have kind of a good good grouping of like superpowers here. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. like uh, the Avengers, for example, is through the comics rotated what group of heroes it is. So sometimes you get this group of characters and it's like their powers don't work together. And some of them are the same, basically. But this is like, you know, there aren't that many characters in this, so they can they can use mm-hmm. them well. So you've got like yeah. your, your super speed, your invisibility, your stretch, stretching. Ability to make your body into any shape, including boats. Disturbingly common superpower, just like in media. I, anyway. Stretching, um, yeah. And <laughs> then uh, being strong and large. Yeah, and it's I like how they all have... Powers that complement each other. There's a scene right. where the family all fights together, and it's cool. Like it all works together. Right? They all have to sort of complement each other. And yeah. The action scenes are really good. They're fun, and uh, they're not very long because no. it, it again is like a kids' movie. that ratings to think about. Yeah, it's not, but like the scenes where you have the kid Dash who runs very very fast. Mm-hmm. The way they, I, I guess you could say film. It is animated, but the way they film him like running through the jungle. It looks good. Yeah. Like he's running super crazy, crazy fast. It could be, like, hard to look at or, like, kind of messy, but the way it works, it's probably, they can only really do that with animation, make it look like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, they very do, lively. There's a lot of fun stuff, especially early in the movie, like, we talked about the lore, where they kind of talk about what, so so they nobody can know they have superpowers, nobody can know mm-hmm. who they are, and it creates, like, unique challenges for the kids. Like, Dash wants to play sports, but... His parents yeah. won't let him because they're like, you're literally so fast. Like, that's your whole thing. It's like, we named you Dash, you yeah. know? It's like they knew what his powers were going to be. Which is strange <laughs> considering their next child, they definitely didn't. Yeah. That's the whole point is He's that they're like... Jack we, Jack. like, this baby doesn't have powers. He doesn't have any powers, or does he? Little loser baby. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole Pixar short about that strange little I, baby. I remember that from my, my DVD special features when I was a I kid. don't know why. It, that really stuck with me. Yeah. As a kid. There's one where he just, like, phases through a door yeah. and, like, tumbles through the air and phases through another door. I don't remember why. And his babysitter's really distressed. Yeah, she's time. having a hard time. And then the bad guy comes and kidnaps him. It's really strange. Is that how the short ends? I don't yeah. remember. I'm assuming because that's how the movie Because he, he shows up at the door, like, in a disguise, and he's like, hi. I'm, okay. So I'm, it, he has a thing that says BS on his shirt. Mm-hmm. He says that stands for babysitter. Okay, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I remember this in so much detail. I think yeah. the last time I watched it, I was maybe 11. Yeah. But I don't remember that much about it. Apparently it was really important to me as a kid. I do. There is some... Fun, one of the funny parts in the movie is after they fight off the evil robot and they feel like they win, they get a bunch of voicemails from their babysitter mm-hmm. who's freaking out because this baby is sort of discovering its superpowers in front of her and she has right. no idea what's happening. 
I do like that. She's like, she's like, weird things are happening. Weird things are happening. You so, like, I feel so bad for her. She's like, no, you should like things breaking and like a baby like freaking out in the background. She's yeah. like, I need help with uh, someone. Like, what's going so on? So funny. Yeah. There's so many. Wait, uh, Frozone's a whole character. Who's Frozone. There. He's really cool, of course. Yeah. Samuel Obviously. L. Jackson voiced Frozone. Yeah. Ice he freezes probably, things. Yeah. He sure does. Ice powers are always good. They don't. They do something mm-hmm. weird with him where they're like. He's dehydrated. He can't use his powers. And I'm like, what? He has to like use water that's like there's in no, the air. But no when they're in like in a, the they're air. in like a fire, and he can't generate any ice out of the fire. I don't. It's kind of a useless. I'm no scientist. I don't. <laughs> I don't know that be having a fire in a room means there's no water there. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, whatever. Again, it's a kids' movie, but yeah. it, there are some some confusing little bits. But that's all right. It's really cute overall. It's one of those movies that if there are things, you're like, what? It's like, first of all, it's animated, so generally there's more leeway there. Right. You can get you can get away with more crazy stuff, and it's just so much fun. They're like, I, I don't care. I don't yeah. care if there's like a plot hole or like a, something stupid that happens. I'm like, oh, this is just amazing. Edna's another character that's like Edna, iconic, voiced by the director of the movie Brad Bird. Yeah. Edna's the little just... super suit designer. Which again, that's part of the whole like. If yeah. superheroes were real, what are things that would have to exist? And, right, and she's like also like a fashion designer who yeah. had like a runway show in Milan. And then she's like, "Hey, let's! I built you a new super suit. It's bulletproof." Yeah, and she's cool. She sees it as like a challenge. Like, what can I do with the? Yeah, it's like that's really neat. That's a fun character idea. Mm-hmm. Separately from this being a cute movie. Yeah, it's just it's just so well put together. It's funny. It's cute. It's got good action. The voice act, uh, voice acting kind of gets overlooked sometimes and mm-hmm. people think about like Pixar movies but everyone's good here. Uh, Helen Hunt, who's been a good actor for I a like long time, plays Mrs. Incredible. She's a great voice. She does. And then Craig T. Nelson They're plays never... Mr. Incredible. He's just got a good... It's well cast, for sure. There aren't any parts where the voices make you, like, pull you out of the movie because mm-hmm. I think that's a problem sometimes where they get, like, weird or they don't they don't make sense for a character. Yeah, the voices suit the characters very well. Yeah, it's very well cast. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, pretty... it's been one of my favorite movies probably since it came out. I was, like, 11 when this movie came out. And since yeah. then, it's been something I always enjoy. It's very good. Like, all Pixar movies. They don't, also, they don't miss. They don't. That's part of the reason we're doing this is because yeah. I found out Adam hadn't seen Ratatouille. That's where this kind of came from, yeah. Right, and... I I don't know anybody that doesn't like Ratatouille. I might like it more than most people do, but I'll get into the summary. Ratatouille, um, if you haven't seen it, sounds kind of insane, and it is. It's about a little rat who has a very refined taste palate, and he would like to be a chef, but his rat family doesn't support him. They They want to eat trash because they're rats. Uh, in the most general way, one thing leads to another, and he ends up at this French restaurant, and there's this new kid who's working there, and he helps him make some really good food, and everybody loves it. So the kid's like, hey, rat, you gotta help me. My name is Alfredo Linguini, and you, of have, to, it is. And you rat, have to help me cook. And... Uh, uh, Remy, the rat, learns that he can control him by pulling on his hair like a puppet. And they have an illustrious cooking career together. And other things happen, but that's really the only thing that matters. That's all you really need to know to really get into this. Yeah. 
fantastic story. It's Adam read a review that said it was one of the best like portraits of an artist or something. Yeah, yeah, it was. I think it was the New York Times review. It was A.O. Scott, as the critic said. Yes, it's one of the greatest portraits of an artist ever put on film. Which going in, if I read that before I saw the movie, I'd be like, all right, relax. It's a cooking rat movie. But I watched it first and then read that. And I was like, you know what? He's right. It really it's is. pretty fantastic. It's a masterpiece. It's so cute. It's first of all, they make rats cute. Mm-hmm. I'm neutral on rodents. I don't I don't think they're as gross as a lot of people do. But he's just like the squishiest little guy. He's so cute. Yeah. I I hate rodents generally. All of them. Rabbits even. I'm not mm-hmm. a fan. I don't like their little beady eyes. Uh, this, there's a scene in this movie early on where a ceiling collapses and there's hundreds of rats and they all run away. And I was not that, upset by that. It does border on upsetting, though. It's a little bit. But they're, yeah. they're yelling, like, to the boats. Yeah, they're so, and, they have little so boats funny. set up. They all climb yeah. on the boats. It's you know, so good. I, 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 there was no point in the movie where I'm like, you rats. But, yeah. But, but also, like, you rats right. in general. Everyone in the movie is upset by rats. Oh yeah, everyone. Constantly. This one woman like violently. Liter- this one woman literally destroys her house with a shotgun. Yeah, trying to kill a rat. It's pretty bad. <laughs> Again, it starts off very violently. It was all this. <laughs> she has gunfire. like rat poison and a gas mask. Yeah, she's a crazy person. She, I mean, she did have that many rats living in her house. Yeah. I could see that making me a little irrational with my yeah handling. Would be, of them. Uh, that would be upsetting. But uh, yeah, this was. I said earlier that. The Incredibles might be my favorite Pixar movie, but that was before I saw this, and this—it's right up there. It's up it there. might be this one. This is also directed by Brad Bird, mm-hmm. who apparently is—and this is a genius. He wrote apparently. both of these movies as well. Yeah, and they're just phenomenal. There's a scene. There's one scene in Pixar. Always does. There was always like one scene in the Pixar movie that elevates it. Mm-hmm. Like in Finding Nemo, it's got a couple of scenes that are just so good right like, this is like the greatest this is one of the best movies i've ever seen right and like up has that whole montage scene oh, at the of carl growing up where everybody cries it's, it's so, so good. good it has yeah. no business being that good there's a scene in ratatouille near the end where the the dracula looking food critic anton ego has his life changed by this rat's cooking and he writes this review of the restaurant and they read it in the movie it's it's, it's incredible so Good. Even like you could take that review out of the movie and mm-hmm. be like, "Wow, this is an incredibly written like piece of work right here." It's a beautifully made. This is like a co- commentary on on art and criticism, mm-hmm. and it's so good. And it's Peter O'Toole plays who is like this veteran, legendary actor, Lawrence of Arabia. And he mm-hmm. voices the critic. And he reads this this column, this thing that's written, this review, and it's so good. His character is so like so campy, like oh, so yeah. he's he doesn't. He's a critic, but he won't. If he doesn't love the food he eats, he won't swallow. Mm-hmm. It's it's he's so, so he's heavy. Such a, yeah, he's really he's like crank. That's a villain goes. He's so like, amazing. He's, he's like all cranked up to like eleven. Which is he's only in a few scenes. Yeah. so you, they really have to like hit he's it hard a great character. to make it work. His typewriter looks like a skull. His office is shaped like a coffin. It's perfect. It's <laughs> in that in that review. There's there's one sentence that's like that kind of sums it up, which is like the average piece of junk is more valuable than any criticism written about it or something like that it's just, the whole the whole speech it, it must be on it's probably on youtube just probably. that, 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 that so. scene but i was just like sitting there like listening mm-hmm. just like captivated by this the the this. point of the movie is kind of like you know greatness can come from anywhere the the whole like 
kind of the thesis is like the anyone can cook that they keep saying throughout Mm -hmm. and you know even a rat i guess apparently which okay Mm -hmm. um sometimes you do remember this is this is a rat movie yeah and then they hit you with this like secondary message from this critic and then he has like actual like character growth and it's like whoa okay Mm -hmm. there's yeah the the critic becomes becomes such an interesting it's one like the interesting most interesting characters i've seen in any movie in a long time you gotta you gotta like four minutes back to his childhood he takes a bite of the food and flashes back to like the first time he remembers eating something that really he he loved Mm -hmm. like something his mom made and this it's it's really funny but also really really sweet yeah and it kind of gets you know it's oh. and then at the end of the movie he's invested in this rat's restaurant yeah he and becomes it's like his thing and he he eats this rat's cooking and it changes his entire life yeah <laughs> it's so good this, if you just like read the premise of this movie it's like oh come on yeah are you serious come on a rat that controls a guy by his hair and they cook this is stupid but it's so cute yeah. it's so good it's one of those movies that really shouldn't work. Yeah. But because of the people who did it and the way they did it, it, it's just, it's amazing. I also, there it's so hard to find something original anymore. Mm-hmm. Everything is, well, first of all, everything is literally a sequel or a remake every, yeah. anymore, which is exhausting. But <laughs> half the time when I see stuff, it's like, oh, you know, this was inspired by this, or I can see, yeah. I've seen this, so it was the same, which is fine. It's inescapable. Mm-hmm. People are people. But this is like... Yeah, there are other movies about people that come from, you know, something small and become something great. But, like, a rat? It's just, it's so out of left field. And it's so It's very, cool. it's just a rat. It's like, they, it's like they thought of the pun being, like, ratatouille, the dish. I really think that's worked, what started and it. And then just worked backwards from there and built a movie around the fact that the word rat is in food. I 100% believe that that's what happened. But they, but they nailed it. Yeah. It's so good. They could have done that and had a very funny movie, but mm-hmm. they, like... They did so much more than that. Yeah, this movie could have been three things. It could have been, oh, uh, that movie, yeah, that was that was weird. It right. could have been like, oh yeah, it was cute, I guess. Or it could have been like a, a masterpiece. Yeah, and it was a masterpiece. I feel like we're. I feel like this sounds so crazy to anybody who's listening that yeah. hasn't seen Ratatouille. We've never talked this highly about a movie on this podcast. I feel like I don't think we have. We've got some really good movies. We have. I. I watch it probably every few years just because, you know, something like this. Like, oh, oh, I should watch that again. Oh, my friend hasn't seen it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of blows my mind every single time I watch yeah. it. It's it's so silly. It's It sounds... It does. I'm going to get crazier here. It's like one of... One of the best movies ever made. It could be. <laughs> I, I wouldn't argue with that. It, it's... Yeah, it sounds... It does seem sort of insane. We, we sound un- unhinged maybe, about this rat movie. Maybe, maybe we are insane. What, what if we... What if I watch this again in a couple of years? I'm like, oh, this is terrible. I would probably cry. <laughs> I, would, I would be heartbroken. <laughs> what, what did I see in this? This is terrible. But I doubt it. I don't think so. It's so good. Um, I would like... Listen, I'm... Like, we've met sequels. I, I, I do tire of them as well. Yes. But I really want one. I want to be mad about. I want to read a two E sequel. I read another review of this after we watched it by Roger Ebert, the old Chicago Sun Times critic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he said this is the first animated movie he's ever seen that he like really wanted a sequel. Yeah, he's like, I I want to see this character again. I want to see what he does next. I don't know what would happen in a sequel because he's had a very satisfying mm-hmm. like story arc, but he does have a little rat restaurant and also a human restaurant. And I feel like I could really, I could see more of that. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely, you see the little rat restaurant right at the very end. 
for the very little last shot of the movie kind of oh, goes his, through this rat his restaurant. his dad, who was so mean about his cooking before, is mm-hmm. in there, and he's like, oh, you know, I could tell that story about my kid. It's like, oh, man. Yeah, it's it's, it's a very it's nice so little ending, but I would totally watch... That's what's fun about animation, too, is you can go back to a movie that's 15 years old right. and make a sequel that picks up right after. Yeah, you don't no have questions. to go that far back. It's, uh, it's also just really... it's It's fun to watch... Because it's like the animation. It's adorable. Yeah, his faces and his yeah. body language. He's so expressive. There's a scene right after he helps Linguini. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, I, I'm back. I remember what movie we were yeah, talking yeah, about again. Yeah. Um, the, the movie does have a flaw. That his the kid it's, guy's name is Alfredo. Alfredo Linguini. Linguini. It's a little yeah. much. <laughs> anyway, after he first helps Linguini, and Linguini like catches him in a jar, he's gonna go release him. Linguini's talking to the rat. Remy, sorry, I don't mean to not use his name. Little Chef. Little Chef. And Remy's, like, like responding to him, like, kind of, like, miming stuff. It is, like, the cutest thing. He's, like, shaking his little head. And, and his little yeah. paws. And, and Linguini says, I'm, well, I'm not a very good cookie, am I? And he gets the most embarrassed little, just tiny like, head little, shake. A tiny little shake, yeah. I could just watch, I could <laughs> watch a whole movie of whatever that was. This going is on a there. movie that would be very... It would still be fun to watch, like, on mute. Yeah. Because it looks so good. But also, it's also fun to listen to it without... You can, like, listen to it on mute or with your eyes closed. Yeah. Because the acting is good and the music Both is really, of these, really good. We didn't even talk about that with The Incredibles. I want to talk about... We need to talk about the yeah, music. About Michael Giacchino, the composer. He also did the music for Up, which mm-hmm. he won an Oscar for. He's done music for a lot of... Uh, Pixar movies, the new Jurassic Park movies, which I don't really care for very much. Right. Um, he did the music for Rogue One, mm-hmm. the uh, which, Star Wars movie. As everyone knows, we like a little too much. He's, oh, it's, yeah. He, he's one of the best f- active film composers out there. He's so, so good. There's a scene where he just writes a music. Like, There's a couple little bars of music for Remy eating a strawberry. And then a couple little bars of music where he's eating a piece of cheese. And then he combines those two themes mm-hmm. when he eats them together. It's like, hey, Michael, write a couple bars of music about what cheese tastes like. He's like, oh, I got it. Yeah, no and problem. it's perfect. It's so good. And there were parts in The Incredibles, too, where especially... Oh, I love that score. They it's were, so good. When they were they were in the forest having some battle or chase scene, mm-hmm. and I like I got like taken out of the plot because I was like, this is so cool. Oh, this mu- music yeah. is awesome. Yeah, it's a Pixar... I feel like there was a time where animation... This is pretty much our entire lives. Animation's been very highly regarded. Yes. P- probably because of Pixar, which Toy Story came out like two years after I was born right. or something. And that just took off. And animation's... Mostly computer. There hasn't been a lot of very big, regular, traditional animated right, films. they've kind of gotten away from it. There's been some, like Studio Ghibli and those kind of people. But, right. Um, but the music for the all the movies is, is so good. There's like Randy Newman did the old Pixar movies, and then mm-hmm. Giacchino's done a lot of the recent ones. And The Incredibles music is so good. It's like the action scenes, it's, it's just very, very well done. It's also, The Incredibles is set in a vaguely like 50s 60s kind of mm-hmm. era they, they don't they obviously don't give you a year but yeah. that's what it looks like and so the music has to match that but also be like superhero music and oh, there's like so some good. jazzy little parts and yeah. uh, he's just a great composer uh and i read a thing i was reading about brad bird and mm-hmm. after we watched these two movies and apparently a couple of years ago he said that he and michael giacchino were collaborating on an original musical film i would love to see it i would, lo- I would i'm i'm awaiting that for sure <laughs> if there's if that's still a project they're working on 
Uh, I want to talk about Brad Bird a little bit too. Yeah. We started definitely. out back in like the '80s doing animation and and some screenwriting, and then he worked on The Simpsons for like the first eight seasons of the show, which is generally considered like its golden era. You know, the first eight ten seasons of that show is is tremendous. Mm-hmm. And then he jumped into directing. I think The Iron Giant was his first movie, which I saw years ago. Is a, a great animated movie. I actually don't recall if I've seen it, but I know mm-hmm. it's very well liked. Oh, it's great. And then he did The Incredibles and Ratatouille after that. And then he did a couple live action. He did one of the Mission Impossible movies, uh, Ghost Protocol, which I've never seen, but supposed to be one of the best like action adventure movies in the last 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's so good. He only he hasn't directed a lot of movies, and he's in like his 60s now, so I hope he d- directs a lot more. Yeah, I think if he didn't do most of his work in animation he'd be considered one of the best directors out there he probably is like in the industry i'm sure he's very highly respected and he's he's won lots of awards and he's very his movies are incredibly popular it kind of gets animation they kind of get like covered up more Mm -hmm. which is weird because if you think about like the process of being a director i don't know that it's that much different it's the same you still have to you know sort of visualize and yeah. make, make your vision appear on screen in some way. I would say your vision has to be much more detailed and specific for animation mm-hmm. because they have to literally make it. You, you build it from literally nothing. Right. And you build an entire world out of it. But it's the same concept of mm-hmm. like, you know, you, oh, you, you, know, you sketch out your storyboard and you plan your, you know, what happens when and your music and stuff. Yeah, he's like a brilliant, like, auteur writer-director. He's great. It's, yeah. These Pixar movies are known for like being emotional mm-hmm. and actually like I, I don't even know the place that they hold in like pop culture especially mm-hmm. for like our age group yeah I, you kind of you'd be like oh like oh everybody likes that you can't be because they're that good they really are yeah it's, it's every once in a while like if, sometimes people like you talk about music with someone right like oh what's your favorite rolling stone song and you're like oh give me shelter is good it's like everyone yeah. oh, everyone likes that song it's like everyone likes it because it's great yeah it's the same thing with pixar everyone likes pixar because it's 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 likable mm-hmm. there's they, they don't they don't mess up they just make these great movies every couple of years i think it's cool to have something like that that like it, so many of us can be like, yeah, I remember when I was a kid and I, mm-hmm. and I watched The Incredibles or whatever. I mean, and we're, we're, meant something. we're like seven years apart yeah. in age, but Pixar has been consistently making movies and yeah. the old ones are still popular. Kids still watch Toy Story and Finding Nemo, even mm-hmm. if they were born after those movies came out. And even, the, even some like of the four old... four Toy Story movies, by the way. I still haven't seen the fourth one. I haven't either. I should. It's supposed to be great. I haven't seen a lot of the new Pixar ones, but maybe, I really should get into it. Maybe we can do a Toy Story episode we and get through all of them. That would be... Actually delightful. I haven't be. seen the second one in so long. Me neither. I don't oh. think I've seen the second one since like a third Toy Story came out, and I watched the first two before the third one. I don't think I've seen we've, we've any got of a them few since. Episodes, we've got a few episodes planned out, but maybe we can add that, that Toy to the Story list. One, that, that's, that sounds like a lot of fun. It would be. Anyway, I really am glad that we did this episode. Mm-hmm. This was not relatable for our, most of our audience probably midterms are about to hit and I've been very stressed out and watching these two like really cute little movies was, yeah. it was good if but, Remy can do it so can I <laughs> Remy maybe I'll become a chef too even I was thinking more inspired about me. I was thinking more about midterms I think Remy I think Remy would be better at midterms than I am I would like I'm gonna buy a chef's hat and see if I can get a rat to go underneath it and help me that'd be awesome or, or it would either be awesome or I'd get some sort of disease and then maybe not have to take my midterms. I feel like that is a win-win. <laughs> I don't think, I don't see a bad side. Anyway, we've, 
uh, gotten off topic a little bit, but that's okay. Next week, I think... We're doing sci-fi again. Yeah. We're getting back into sci-fi. Good, uh, inexhaustible genre. Yeah. I, maybe we just both like it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. We have some movies that, you know, we exchange, we're going to exchange some, some favorites and then we'll talk about them. So thank you for listening. If you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, as I always say, follow us or like the podcast. And we will catch you next week on The Movie Den. In many ways, the work of a critic is easy. We risk very little, yet enjoy a position over those who offer up their work and their selves to our judgment. We thrive on negative criticism, which is fun to write and to read. But the bitter truth we critics must face is that in the grand scheme of things, the average piece of junk is probably more meaningful than our criticism designating it so.